2: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. The cream of the crop. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Jeff and I will be your host today. Joining me for today's game as scorekeeper is Ken. How's it going Ken?
4: Pretty good, how are you guys?
3: And uh, our players today are Matt and Neil.
4: How's it going? How's it going everyone? Alright, so today we're actually going to have a uh, one versus one match and it is going to be Matt and Neil against each other. So you guys uh, you guys, ready for this today? Yep. Yeah, I'm a little worried. Uh,
1: Jeff, you know is known to have hard questions in our practice rounds so i'm hoping
4: that matt and i at least get over 25 points
0: yeah i'm shooting low and then uh we'll see how it goes
3: i think you guys will be okay today all
4: right just doing a quick rundown of the rules game is simple 20 questions and a variety of topics worth 10 points a piece and that'll be split into two rounds at the halftime we'll have a special round designed by our host and in this uh case one player can take a lead over another and uh, you know, make uh, make up some ground for a comeback. At the end of regulation, we'll have a final round where our players can take the points they've accumulated and bet them on specific categories for five questions, not to exceed the uh, points they've earned, but they can bet up to 30 points per question. Now, uh, without further ado, I will throw it back to Jeff. And we can uh, jump into the game to find out who is the cream of the crop.
3: You know
2: that I'm the cream of the crop.
3: All right, thanks, Ken. Uh, you gentlemen ready? Yep. Let's do it. So, round one, question one. In ancient Rome, a vomitorium was a room that served what function? And I'm, I'm willing to take a variety of answers
0: so long as it suits the correct purpose.
4: Got some, some grim looks on the
0: contestants' faces. Because I don't know it at all, uh, but I have an idea, and I know it's wrong, but I am going to put it anyway.
1: I feel like mine is wrong, too, and it's unfortunate, because Matt and I both majored in Rome Studies
0: <laughs> at the University of Oxford. That's very specific. Yeah. I was. It was a minor. So. Oh, you minored in <laughs> yeah. Rome, Rome Studies. Rome Studies. That's my blow-off degree. Uh, right, I,
1: I have an answer in. Uh, I'm not confident about it, but I'm
4: just going to go with it. And Matt is writing yeah. down an answer.
3: All right. Uh, both of you gentlemen are set with an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, let's throw it to Neil to see what uh, you thought.
1: So uh, I vomitorium uh, for some reason so, you know made me think obviously of vomiting of expelling uh, liquids. And so I, I'm not sure exactly how to I know you said there's a couple different answers, but I, I was saying that it had to do with water, maybe like a sewer or some sort of like irrigation. So I just I put like water slash sewer.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Alright, I like that. Matt?
0: Um, yeah, so I was thinking the same thing. Vomitorium, obviously something to do with vomit, but um, that's a very specific thing to have in one particular room, so I just put general bathroom things.
3: So uh, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't go with the common thought, which is a vomitorium was a room where Romans would literally throw up their food. Um, that This room uh, and its name lends credence to that myth, but a vomitorium is uh, an entrance or exit to a building. Vomitorium—it's oh. it, a the room which people literally spew forth. Oh. So
0: the spewing is what makes it the vomitorium. Which and
3: that's why I like that you went with different things than I was anticipating. So that was nice.
4: <laughs> yeah, good good reasoning, but just couldn't quite get mm-hmm. there. Right.
3: All right. All right. So on to question two. No witches were actually burned at the stake during the Salem witch trials. What was the most common form of execution?
4: That's a nice question there.
1: I think I know this one, and I'm not going to second-guess myself, so I'm going to um, confirm my answer on my page.
0: Yep, I'm good. All right. Uh, let's throw, uh, how about Matt this time? I don't remember. I think it was from either a TV show or a movie. I remember them uh, binding someone and throwing them in the lake or the river. Um, so I said drowning. Okay. And Neil? Uh,
1: I was on a similar path as Matt. Uh, I somehow remember them putting weights on the uh supposed witch's uh legs and tying them up and throwing them in in the river or the lake and drowning them so i put drowning as well
3: so while you are correct that a few were drowned and one was stoned the majority were
0: hanged mm. oh, man, got that was a, my second gotta remember
4: the crucible on that one yeah, i, I th-
0: thought i thought hung was too easy as the other answer so i kind of yeah. went away from that. that's why <laughs> i was
4: gonna say
1: hanging and i was like oh it's too easy so yeah. I, I thought drowning would be more interesting
0: no it's
3: it's it's easy but it's also correct <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: all right 0 for 2 <laughs> killing it so far
3: yeah i i think uh i think things will get better so uh but we'll see question three uh famously short within two inches how tall napoleon. was napoleon
4: solid question as well see i like these i wish i was playing today okay. i my answer is in i'm in too
3: okay and uh, Neil.
1: So I know that that is kind of a trick question because he was not famously short. He was basically average compared to everyone else, and I believe I don't know for sure what the exact height is. I want to say it was either five seven or five nine, but I went with five seven to get me five nine and five five. So okay. I went five seven.
0: Yeah, I because I know he's not like as short as everyone said, and I know that the average height of a male back then is a little bit shorter than now. So I was thinking somewhere around five 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 four. Um, but I thought it might have been shorter, so I said 5 two. Okay.
3: Neil, you are actually correct. you were you were dead on 57 is how mm-hmm. tall Napoleon was. Uh, the confusion comes in with the fact that the French had a slightly different measurement uh, for inches. So Napoleon was, I believe, 5 two or 5 three by the French measurement system, which is 57 in English units. So, you are you are in fact correct, Neil. So half points
0: for me, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's why he's famously short. He, you know, they named the Napoleonic it's complex awesome. after him, but turns out he was he was above. He's one inch shorter or, than me. A little <laughs> maybe. Actually, he may have been a little bit above average height. So, all right. So on to question four. Disney is one of the most successful film companies of all time. However, they are also responsible for producing what film? which is the single least profitable movie ever made with losses exceeding $200 million. I
0: like that. I yeah, have an I answer. I think I know this one. And I, I don't know if it's a Disney movie, but I feel like it might be, so I'm locked in with an answer.
1: Hmm. That The film is a Disney film? It is a Disney
3: film. Matt's already locked in, so I won't give you any further clarification or hints, but uh, it was definitely produced by Disney. I've got the cover right here. It says it right above the
0: title. Now I feel better about my answer. Uh, right so. above
1: the title, it says Disney.
0: Yep, it's it's a Disney movie. Well, now I feel worse about my answer. <laughs> Do you want to unlock for the extra <laughs> no, hint? No, I don't care. Okay. The extra hint's not going to get me anywhere. So I would give you the year if you would want it. I'll take the year. I'll take the year. Then. Okay, 2012. Yep, I'm unlocking. <laughs> oh, I know what this was. That helps a lot. All right, I'm in. All right, uh, Matt. Seems
4: like like that was the key
0: for these (laughs) guests.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking, I was in the 60s through 80s going through a bunch of movies, and I was like, there's no way. I couldn't think of one that was produced by Disney. I knew other ones that were unsuccessful, and then... Once you said the year, I yeah. figured it out. Well,
3: the the year I was only giving you for clarification, so the $200 million is not an adjusted figure. Mm-hmm. It's an actual figure. That's mm-hmm. why I thought I would throw that out there.
0: Yeah, because I initially was thinking Waterworld, and then I was trying to fight if it was a Disney movie somehow if they produced it or if it was some kind of subsidiary of Disney because I know that's one of the biggest flops ever and lost a ton of money. Um, but I put uh, John Carter. All right. Neil? I
1: also put John Carter or John Carter of Mars.
0: John Carter is, in fact, the correct answer. Well done. I didn't see it, so I didn't... Nobody did. (laughs) Yeah. That was Disney's problem. Yeah, Yeah. I think that was the problem.
3: (laughs) All right, on to question five, our listener-submitted question. If you have one that you'd like to send us to incorporate into the game, please make sure to send us an email to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put question five. We'll choose one for each half. uh, If you would include the name of the host that you'd like to read it, we'd greatly appreciate it. Today's questions, both of them come from Ryan in Chicago. Thanks, Ryan. Question five for today. While they did not land on the moon, Apollo 13 astronauts did achieve what feat that stands to this day?
0: So this is something unique just to them?
3: This is something that the three of them accomplished that no other astronauts have.
1: I'm thinking of the movie and I'm getting... Yeah, Neil's got to think of the movie. I do, yeah. All
0: I could think of was the movie. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> so...
1: confusing it now with several other movies where they did certain things
4: in space. Mission to Mars red planet there
3: there may be other things that they've done but i'm looking for one specific unique superlative one thing that they've done that no one has yet surpassed
1: i have an idea it just sounds so dumb because it's reminding me of all these other movies and everyone does it now in every space movie it seems to be a plot point but it just doesn't seem correct i haven't seen the movie in a long time either got some
0: writing my answer is going to sound so some writing happening yeah, mine's going to sound stupid too, so don't worry.
1: No, that's not right.
3: Well, Matt seems to be set Neil's thinking it yeah. over.
1: So I'll just I'll I'll just say out loud what I'm thinking. So first I was thinking it had to do with like making a safe landing in the ocean, but if I'm correct, I think the escape pod of um John Glenn, not that I mean, he didn't go to the moon or anything, but that he landed in the water, but then I kept the only word that keeps coming in my head, and it makes me feel like an idiot, is that they they did a slingshot around the moon to gain momentum to get back to Earth because they didn't have enough mm-hmm. thrust and they used uh, the gravitational pull of the moon. So uh, I'm gonna, g- yeah,
0: that's I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna go with is that they use the moon to uh, to get back to Earth. Okay. So I, had, I actually had a similar thought. Was I remember that from the movie that they had to go around the moon and use the gravitational force to slingshot. So I said that they were the only ones to actually completely orbit the moon. Okay. So the, uh,
3: the answer that I was looking for is that Apollo 13 astronauts, because of all of the time they sent in space, were actually the human beings to travel the farthest from Earth. No one has ever been farther from Earth than Apollo 13's astronauts.
0: Hmm, interesting. We weren't close. Well, that was, yeah. I mean,
4: I think it was okay.
3: Yeah. Well, I believe other astronauts have orbited the moon because they were orbiting the moon. Like, uh, yeah. so Apollo 11, they orbited the moon while waiting for them on the moon. So it, you'd have to be in orbit. What was that guy's like,
1: name? Alan Shepard?
3: Alan Shepard was the one who played golf in Apollo 17. Oh, no,
1: that's right. Who's the one who was... I, that's the one Correct question. Collins. Collins, that's right. I always, I always mix him up with Tom Collins, the drink.
3: <laughs> so... All right. So on to question six. Speaking of the moon, have there been more people to walk on the moon or more people to travel to the bottom of the Marianas Trench, both considered hostile and inhospitable places for humans to go?
1: Can you repeat that one more time?
3: Sure. Have more people walked on the moon or traveled to the bottom of the Marianas Trench?
1: All right. My answer's in. Yeah, mine too.
0: Okay. Uh, Matt? So so for the moon, I believe it's two because only two... We're, or it's at least two. It could be three. I can't remember now. Um, I didn't think that it was possible to walk on the bottom of the Mariana's Trench with the amount of pressure would destroy your... Well, nobody, nobody's ever
3: walked down there. Okay. But people have been down there in submarines. Okay.
0: Uh, well, I'm still going to say the moon, then. Uh,
1: so I went trench for a couple different reasons. Uh, the first reason was I didn't think there were that many people that walked on the moon, and I know a lot of people like James Cameron, who are uh, explorers, like going to the trench to do some uh, research. And I just figured since you just asked a moon question, you probably wouldn't ask another one or another answer about the moon. So I just went with trench on that theory as well.
3: Okay. Uh, So Matt is correct. More (laughs) men have walked on the moon than been to the bottom of the Marianas Trench.
4: I think it's in the teens though right
3: and it is by a factor of four
0: okay
3: 12 people have yeah. walked on the moon that's a lot only three people were brave enough to travel to the bottom of the mariana's trench and that was during one mission if i'm not mistaken one
4: one attempt Sweet. so points for matt yeah. to tie it up and they were only down
3: there for about 20 minutes and then glass broke on the submarine and they had to start resurfacing
0: you don't want to see that <laughs> that <laughs> would be <laughs> terrifying yeah So I was right for mostly the uh, wrong reasons, but that's okay. I'll take
3: it. Yeah, 12 different people walked on the moon. All right. So on to question seven. I guess I was on a bit of a remote places uh, list here. So question seven. The island of Tristan da Cunha is the most remote inhabited place on Earth. Less than 100 people, if I'm not mistaken, live there. What continent is it nearest? Can you spell it? Sure. Uh, Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-A-N. Space D-E space C-U-N-H-A.
1: And can you use it in a sentence? No, I'm sure. Kidding. Okay.
3: The island of Tristan Cunha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Oh,
0: Cunha.
3: As if that suddenly changes everything. <laughs> yes,
0: I just saw the travel brochure the other day, so I'm pretty confident in this one.
3: Well, you'd, you'd have to catch a, a boat once every few months. That's how infrequently this place is traversed
1: least inhabited it just all like that's coming to my head right now is the mm. uh, the famous love story of tristan and he's old uh, which i have no idea if that has anything to do with it but that's all that's in my head being the artsy one so i don't know why i'm just thinking of james franco how terrible he was um <laughs> uh, all right i feel like an idiot but i'm gonna put an answer in uh, because
4: it, this game isn't like going anywhere for me anyway so i'm in <laughs> I like how you could have mentioned you know the, the opera I, I could have Tristan and Easel, but you went right for James Franco. I'm trying to I'm trying to build our female <laughs> the ja- audience. The James Franco film. The James Franco film.
3: All right. And uh, Matt, you said your answers in. Yep. All right. Uh, well, Neil looked quite unsure, so let's ease his pain. I'll go straight to him.
1: Uh, make it quick. Uh, I just assumed least inhabited. My reasoning is I went with Antarctica only because I assume that there are scientists there, and technically they are inhabiting that area, and there's only maybe 100 of them, so I put Antarctica.
0: Okay, and Matt? Yeah, so especially when you said that they only take boats there, you said once every few months or something, that uh, kind of reminded me of something I heard the other day, that um, they actually run uh, marathons on Antarctica on an island that's just off Antarctica uh, very sparsely. Inhabited, um, so it kind of made me think of that, and that's why I said Antarctica. Okay,
3: so the island of Tristan da Cunha is in the South Atlantic. It is between Antarctica, South America, and Africa. It is the most remote inhabited place because it's the farthest from any other inhabited place on Earth, but it is nearest the continent of Africa. Uh. It's actually basically right in the middle of that triangle between South America. Bottom of South we Africa. We needed it to be the
1: closest, yeah. though, It was right? a trick.
3: In yeah. <laughs> why is, Did why you is say it so
0: inhab- uninhabited?
3: Uh, this- so, the, so when you were thinking, when I mentioned that people only travel there a few times a year, that's just to supply the inhabitants, basically, mm-hmm. with, you know, necessities, um, supplemental food items. I don't know why it was inhabited <laughs> in the first place, um, but it, there's only uh, a few, I think less than a few hundred people who live there uh,
0: as permanent residents, so...
4: Did you say somebody's running marathons in okay. Antarctica?
0: Yeah, because there's there's um, there's some kind of like medal that they give for someone who's run a marathon on, on, every, all, continent. on every continent. So oh, I do know that they who do. Who cares? <laughs> I ain't. No way,
4: <laughs>
0: no, the, uh, no. One of the hardest oh.
3: mountains in the world to climb is also in Antarctica. Oh, but um, uh, there have been a handful of people who've made that attempt. And
1: See, when those uh, people, uh, when those people die from you know uh, exhaustion or frostbite or, or falling off mountains, like I. I kind of don't have a lot of sympathy for them. It's like, don't climb the hardest mountain to climb in the world in Antarctica and freeze to death. But
3: no, it's, it's like the first section on YouTube
1: comments. So
4: when you see a movie about like climbing Everest or something, you're you're cheering for the mountain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm pro mountain. Uh... No, obviously I want them to succeed. Did you if...
4: root for space in Apollo 13? or?
1: No, no, I, I enjoyed that. But if someone's on a mountain and, you know, one of the characters is like, I don't need this extra layer of clothing and to, to eat this butter to stay hydrated or whatever. You know, if they die, I'm sorry, man. You should have done the research. Yep.
0: Just eat the stick of butter. All the
1: guides never die. They always live and they do it like 10 times a day. So it's fine. Not All on right. that tangent. I know nothing about <laughs> mountain climbing. so
0: that's, that's enough mountain talk. This next question is about mountains. Speaking of mountains, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, This is actually
3: uh, transitioning back towards uh, some content areas I think the rest of you might enjoy a little bit more, specifically Matt. Uh, Question eight. The NFL Players Union determined the average NFL career to be 3.3 years. Which position, with an average tenure of 2.57
0: years, is the shortest? I'm almost positive on this one, but then I'll feel worse when I get it wrong, but I'm locked in.
1: I have a few trains of thought on this. It's not quarterback because they're the most protected. I uh, will
3: tell you that it's not being a kicker because that's the complete opposite mm-hmm, yeah. the longest tenure.
1: So I'm going, it's got to be someone who's, who's on the line constantly because that's the repeated, uh, repeated hits over and over that cause CTE. I know a lot of the people who have CTE are linebackers because they're always uh, either rushing into the line on a blitz or uh, they're they're gaining more speed than a lineman would when they're um, you know they're shuffling to to block. So I'm struggling right now if I should go between a offensive or defensive lineman or just I don't even know according to you if I said lineman if that would count um, or do I go linebacker who uh, who's going to rush the box a little bit and use his helmet? Um, I'm trying to think who would be taking the most hits. It's got to be. This is really fun to watch, just, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Screw it.
0: Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go with linebacker.
3: All right. So Neil says linebacker. Matt, you look uh, a little bit more assured of yourself.
0: Well, I, I think it's funny because the one that I put is something that Neil never even considered. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's running back. I've heard this repeatedly. Running back careers don't that last sense. very long. They get hit the most, and there's position scarcity as well, so there's less available positions. Um, so I said running back.
3: So with an average ten-year of two point five seven years, your best chance at making it in the NFL is probably not at running back. Yeah.
0: So like when you say lineman, the problem with that is even if you're not good, there's so many positions that need to be filled that your career is going to tend to last a little longer. They give you more chances. That makes with sense. With running backs, there's ten to fifteen that pop out of nowhere every single year, so they're very replaceable. So right. as soon as they get an injury, they're kind of out of the yeah, league. Yeah, they're
3: they're very injury prone. Um, you probably have two, maybe three in a good depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you one one of them is going to be pretty phenomenal and yeah. then the two and three are going to be usually all right. Mm-hmm. Um linemen typically run on a standard 52 man roster. I want to say 7 to 9 depending on the team yeah. and their variability, so definitely running
0: back. You were not even thinking offense. You're just like a can't I be know. An offensive player. I
1: know. I did, I should have thought of of running back that but they're the makes ones total taking, sense. It, Makes yeah. more
0: sense the other one's
3: taking them. Yeah, the linemen are, or the yeah. the linebackers are hitting them.
1: And so. they're they're rushing into guys with their head down. Mm-hmm. I should have thought of that.
3: Frank Gore made it about five times as long as you'd expect him to.
1: Well, and Adrian Peterson and Matt Forte.
3: Well, Peterson's did he hit the decade mark yet? Right about there.
0: It's he was at 06 oh, or 07 draft 07.
3: so. So yeah, he's right about 10 years. Yeah. Uh sorry Frank, I did my math wrong Frank Gore is tw- is it 12 years now? Yeah, he was 05. So four times the average career yeah. length, but he's up there. Mm-hmm. So. I'm gonna stick with sports a little bit. All right. Uh, this uh, has specifically has to do with hockey and uh, out. the Stanley Cup. <laughs> so, which 1972 Stanley Cup winner has their name misspelled on the trophy? And I'll give you a little bit of a hint: uh, the O in the name has been re- uh, has been Q. replaced with Q.
1: The O in the name
4: has been replaced with Q. Mm-hmm. I was reading something about the the firm that does the uh, the printing for the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. It's all done in a old-fashioned sort of way, so that's why these mistakes sometimes happen and misspelling of uh, team and players' names. Uh, I think uh, Christopher Stieg of the Blackhawks was misspelled, as as was a uh, few other um, players over the years.
3: I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but this one, especially when you look at the photo, is quite funny. Yeah.
4: yeah, I don't know much about
1: hockey, and I'm trying to go through the teams. So, you know, you have Boston Bruins. I mean, that's an O in there if it is including the city or Detroit. Red Wings. I'm just trying to think of who was good in the '70s, but I have no idea. When he <laughs> first when he first said the question, I thought he maybe it was going to be like Canadiens because they just spelled it Canadians instead of Canadiens. Um, uh, just waiting for another movie question. Um, <laughs> Slapshot. Slapshot. Yep, Paul Newman. All right, I, I just don't want to take up more time. I, I'm just going to say Boston Bruins.
0: Okay, and Matt, what did you say? Well, it is funny because you said there's no O in Canadians, but there is an O in Montreal, Montreal. so it's Montreal uh. Canadians.
3: Uh, so you said Montreal Canadians. Yeah. So, uh, despite his lack of knowledge of hockey, oh, he's right. in 1972, following their <laughs> 1971-1972 win, Boston Bruins spelled B Q S T Q N Bruins.
0: Wow. There, there's two Qs in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was was the trick.
3: I didn't want to give away two by saying two. I just said O was replaced with Q. Wow,
1: that is a a stroke of luck.
3: So, question 10, last question of round one. Uh, Another sports question. I guess I was on another bit of a kick here. Uh, Which city, which U.S. city, is the only one to boast winning three major sports championships in the same year?
1: Well done three major sports championships in one year correct
3: and this is out of the four major sports so mm-hmm. um basketball hockey football and
0: baseball. to you're be fair
3: i guess if the fifth one i was thinking was the mls that wasn't around the, that long so probably not uh, not very likely that that would be one of the sports i was
4: talking about what do you what are you thinking here matt you're the sports
0: guy well, <laughs> so, so that mls thing kind of threw me off a little bit i don't listen to him i know but now i'm thinking there's there's one that it I'm. It doesn't thinking
4: count of. as a so, you say the four major sports right. MLS say, is so
0: is it, it within one calendar year or within from one just any particular year because that kind of changes
3: uh within one calendar year uh-huh. within a 12 month period essentially
1: you didn't say a year correct
3: i i did ask for the uh I did not I did not ask for the year but I'll give it to you at the answer, but I did not ask for the year. I just wanted to know the city.
1: So I don't know if you, if you stayed on your sports kick like you said and it's another Boston one because I was trying to think if the Red Sox won in like 03 something around that area and that's when the Patriots also won and I'm just trying to think if it's two out of three, could the Boston Bruins have won because I know they've they've won like once or twice in between the Blackhawks reign. So I'm there with Boston. Uh, I'm also kind of thinking of New York more recently with the Yankees and the Giants, but I feel like the Giants won much later than the Yankees did, like the last time the Yankees won. Uh, I'm trying to think of between baseball and football, and the only one that keeps coming to my head is Boston. Yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm going to with, go with Boston, the city of Boston, Mark Wahlberg's hometown.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Jimmy Butler's friend, Mark Wahlberg.
1: Jimmy Butler. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, Impression jar. Hey, so- dog.
0: Say hello to your mother for me. That's an
1: impression of an impression. It is, right, that
0: that, (laughs) inception. So I was also thinking Boston, and I was thinking it was the year that the Celtics won with KG, Ray Allen, and and Paul Pierce. Uh, Mm -hmm. I believe 2007, I believe the Red Sox won, and I believe the Bruins had won that year. That was the year that the Patriots were uh, undefeated and lost in the Super Bowl, so it wasn't the Patriots. But I believe it's Boston in that era. Okay. So,
3: you are—you have a great thought. Um, Boston is one of the most prolific winning cities in those four sports categories. If I said uh, the year was 1935, would that yeah. help at all?
0: So, it's Philadelphia, isn't it? Is that what it
3: is? So, it's actually Detroit. Detroit. Tigers beat the Cubs in the World Series. Lions won the National Football Championship. And the Red Wings claimed the
0: Stanley Cup.
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money,
1: we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas. Plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: All right, so after the first round, it is tied at 30-30. to
3: Moving on to our halftime today, it's just going to be a standard five-question, five-answer. Each one I'm going to give ten points for. So we'll see if uh, anybody can uh, vie for a better position going into round
0: two.
1: Looking forward to this. have no idea what to expect. Yeah, I'm
0: just looking to get some
1: points. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. 30 so. to 30 isn't uh, as attractive as we would like it to be. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh,
3: we'll, we'll see how things look after the halftime. So uh, the category uh, is going to be bands with singers in the name. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, I will say something like the Sunshine Band, and I will expect you to give me the singer. Casey, okay. Mm. Casey, exactly. So uh, we'll start out with the E Street Band. Okay. The next one is the Silver Bullet Band.
1: Got it? Nope.
3: His All-Star Band, the Magic Band.
4: That's the only one I'm not sure on, okay. It's getting there a little, these are getting a little obscure.
3: And Earth Band.
4: All right, I have three for sure.
0: I got one, and then I have some lines.
1: I know I have three for sure. I think I might just make up an answer for the last two, because I've never heard
4: of those. Is the Magic Band, like, do they do tricks on stage illusions, if you
1: will?
3: Uh, I don't believe so.
1: Magic Band is really... Magic Band and Earth Band are really getting at me right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of them before.
3: Um, I'm almost positive you have.
1: I have. Is this a guy who had a a more successful solo career? I won't go any further. (laughs) Or female?
3: (laughs) Just going to tell you that you've probably heard of them.
4: Heard of them? Hmm.
3: The bands, yes. Oh, okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Neil's digging for hints here. He's not getting any.
1: I'm trying to think. So my reasoning is you have... I'm not going to say... Actually, I'm not going to give Matt too many hints, but... It doesn't matter. On the first three, all successful... Well, two of them successful solo artists without their band, but they're more famous with their band. And the other one more successful for a group, but touring nicely with himself. So I'm trying to think if the other ones have to be someone who's great solo and then just has this band every so often. You know, I'm not even going to...
3: If it helps with your logic here, these were bands I could think of off the top of my head that met the criteria I said in the beginning. So there's no there's no rhyme or reason.
0: If only you had Casey and the Sunshine Band in this part. I, right?
3: You know, I had Casey and the Sunshine Band because I figured uh, that could set a, a model that everybody would know right away. Right. So...
0: Well, I'm done. So <laughs> okay,
3: I'm I'm ready. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, Neil seems a little bit more confident. Why don't we uh, why don't we start? Um, so, E Street Band. What did you say?
1: So you you would want to start with a one, two, three, four. It's the okay. boss, Bruce Springsteen. Matt. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen.
3: All right, well done. Moving on. Uh, Neil also seemed to know the Silver Bullet Band's leader.
1: Uh, Let me turn the page on this answer. One of my mom's favorite
0: singers of all time, Bob Seger. Oh. I just said Clapton because I didn't know.
3: Clapton was a part of a lot of bands, but the Silver Bullet Band was, in fact, Bob Seger's. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is a little bit right on the nose, but uh, his all-star band, Neil?
0: That would be Ringo Starr. (laughs) That
3: would be Ringo Starr. Matt, what did you say?
0: Uh, Johnny Cougar.
3: Nope, John Cougar Mellencamp is incorrect. And on to the Magic Band. Neil, you were a le- little less uh, confident about this one?
1: Did not know this one. I went with Shaquille O'Neal and the Orlando Magic Band.
3: <laughs> I like it.
0: That's terrible.
1: he did have a rap album, didn't he? Shaq-Fu, yeah. yeah. And and The Rain.
0: Yeah, he's had a couple. Uh, not, not
1: that bad. And a Genesis game that I enjoyed playing.
0: Oh, Shaq-Fu, terrible. Uh, I, I said Carlos Santana.
3: Uh, so the that Magic sounds... Band was Captain Beefart and the Magic Band. Oh come
0: on, who's gonna know what? that? <laughs> Captain Beefart, and that's you know off the top of your head.
3: Yeah, not not a very uh, I mean pretty pretty notable. I mean they they are out in the world, but uh, name you know, a little name, bit more. What's a fear. song?
1: Yeah, name one song.
3: Oh, off the top of my head.
1: Oh, you can't oh, get out of here. Jeff. They don't. They don't this exist. Is, you only listen this this to them on trash. vinyl. <laughs> trash. This is tr- it's a trash. Flesh. If any of you listeners actually know this
4: band, yeah. may, feel free to tweet us. But I, I've never heard of it.
0: Or if Beefart is listening at home, or beef, <laughs> yeah,
4: Beefart, is, yeah, is, is the captain uh, currently with us, or so, so, has he passed?
3: So Captain Beefheart is dead. Uh, okay,
1: so <laughs> See, he's I thought they he's not all living, listening. So. He's
4: definitely not listening no.
1: though. Uh, so the Earth Band. Earth made me think of. Um, Just nature and whatnot, and there was like an experimental artist, maybe not even considered experimental,
0: but he's pretty interesting, named Soon-Ra, so I just put Soon-Ra. Okay, Matt? So I was thinking of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I couldn't think of anybody from the band, so I said Sammy Hagar, because I love Sammy Hagar.
3: (laughs) So uh, the Earth Band uh, became famous for covering a Bruce Springsteen song called Blinded by the Light. Oh, it's...
1: it's, uh, Wait, don't tell me. It's, um... uh, Oh, shoot. It's not Gary Glitter. It's, um... Oh, that's a great trivia question too everyone always thinks because bruce, bruce springsteen wrote that song and it sounds like a bruce springsteen song but it's it's um
3: if i gave you their other song i came for you
1: i came for you yeah uh what's the name of the guy i can't think of it Manfred man man for man yes <laughs> oh that's a good that's a good question
4: all right man so for man. at the end of the midpoint round we are 40 to 60 with neil holding the the brand new lead I'll take it. Feels good. I'll wear it he for a while. You three, and uh, Matt knew just the one. Just that, the those morning.
1: last two were way too tough. Nah, Manfred man. Mann is a great one, though. Wrapped up like a deuce. Not a douche, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Misheard lyrics. You know
3: what a deuce is?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I took one after coffee this morning. Uh.
4: Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> I believe it's an uh, engine or a car thing. Uh, is it like thin. a little deuce coupe? That uh, makes yeah, sense. A little, a little deuce Tudor, coupe.
1: Two-door roadster.
4: little uh, Beach Boys reference. That's a
1: great song. Turning over in the night. Right. Ah, Ken with the little detail there.
3: Well well played. So, uh, all right, uh, starting round two, I'm going to start it off with a, uh, an easy one. Basically, it's a toss-up 50-50 here. All true right. or false, starting in 1990, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls never had a three-game losing streak throughout his eight years following.
0: I, I believe that's true, but I'm not sure anymore after <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the last couple sports questions. <laughs> and Neil. Uh, I just, I'm guessing it's
1: true, but I just went with false because I could only think maybe the year of the best, best uh, Bulls team ever that they didn't do that. But I would think maybe in like the first year or two, they might have lost three games in a row. So I went with false.
3: So before 1990, Michael Jordan and the Bulls did struggle. But after that, true they never had a three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm.
4: That is so insane. Matt's foundation isn't crumbling away yeah. as he had <laughs> yeah. thought. As, it, as
0: Jurassic, they only they only had back-to-back losses a couple times. There was very few times, uh, even in the the season and a half that he didn't play. That Bulls team was still really good. So that's crazy. What a
1: stat.
3: Yeah, they were unstoppable.
0: Pun intended.
3: <laughs> Pun slightly intended. <laughs> All right, question two. Uh, what is the name of the popular Australian food spread used on sandwiches, toast, and pastries made from brewer's yeast?
4: Ah, my fellow Australia Mm. lover. Yeah, Jeff and Neil have this Australia Mm. kick because they, they went on a trip there and, uh can't stop talking about it even though it happened uh 15 plus years ago yeah so i went in 97 you went in what i went in
3: 2000
4: 2000 yeah
1: so we went uh quick backstory uh, our gym teacher taught us australian football australian rules football which is a great sport and uh when i went it was we went with a team we were the first americans to go over there uh student team uh to play against other australians in their own sport and got our butts kicked but it was really fun, and I became a lifelong Collingwood Magpies fan, and I'll let Jeff uh, go with his uh, lesser team, which is the rival of the Collingwood Magpies, but he can talk about them.
3: So I don't know what he's talking about. The Carlton Blues are one of the most successful AFL teams of all time, uh, so Neil, can uh, he can back off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, Magpies did. were the last team in that duo to win mm-hmm. a grand final. Yeah Unfortunately
3: That's fair They've not been good for a long time
1: Grand
4: final That sounds made up
1: No, no that's their Super Bowl Yeah no, Grand sounds, final That's made it's up It's like they
0: call it the world championship We don't let other countries play
3: So uh, Neil What do you think?
0: I went with Vegemite Yeah uh, Learned from the hit song Land down under uh, Something something Vegemite sandwich Vegemite uh,
3: I believe uh, She just smiled and handed me a Vegemite sandwich That's yeah, probably uh, Yes it would be Vegemite
4: Now who's had this? I've had no. it No it's disgusting. Yeah, it's very salty. I liked it. So Pure Matt Matt hasn't
1: had it? No. Well, Matt, Matt, or, uh, Ken uses it as a beard oil.
4: I probably <laughs> would not eat it often, just because of how salty it is. But it's it, good to I, have I once it, in a while. I do not think it tasted we bad. Crackers,
0: a, a Patreon goal. Uh, will YouTube me eating Vegemite for the first time? It's basically the like stuff that we put.
3: They scrape uh, out of beer barrels. You'll be fine. The,
4: the stuff that we put the Vegemite on is going to be worse than the <laughs> Vegemite.
3: Vegemite <laughs> on wasabi. Oh, yeah. Deal with it. All right, question three. How many states are needed to ratify an amendment for it to become part of the Constitution? I will take either the percentage or the number of states.
1: There's no, like, within a certain number, right? We need the exact number.
3: Uh, You have to give me the exact percentage, or I will take states within two.
1: Ah, within two. Okay. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, me too. With no confidence. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. All right, uh, Matt, I haven't thrown it to you first in a while. What are you thinking? Uh, just to give me the extra two states here and there, I said 30.
1: Okay. And Neil? I feel very stupid. I don't know <laughs> why I put this number, but uh, I put 16. 16%. <laughs> no, 16 states. Eight states. <laughs> <laughs>
3: 16%. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I you, put 16. America. I shouldn't underestimate your math. That was good math in your head. Uh, so the correct answer is three-fourths of states are required to mm. ratify a, uh, a constitutional amendment. Currently... That would require 38 of the 50 yeah, states.
0: That makes more sense.
3: So when referring to computer memory, what does the acronym RAM stand for?
1: Oh, I just read this too.
0: Oh, this is this is a tough one. I think I got it. Which are words I always say before I don't got it. But we'll try it. <laughs> Neil has one word written down. <laughs> he needs two more, most likely. <laughs> He is 33% of the way there. He's staring
4: at the words, <laughs> Ugh, hoping a third one just melts out of the page.
0: Isn't your brother an IT guy?
4: He is, yeah, and I can't
0: shame. Would you like to shame. phone a friend. I should
1: phone a friend, yeah. Uh, all right, I, I, it's not right, but I'm already, I'm just going to put a zero on the amount of points I'm going to get on this one. Okay,
3: Matt, with some confidence, What did, well, uh, a little more confidence yeah. maybe, what did you
1: say?
0: Uh, random excess memory.
3: All right, Neil.
1: Raid Apple Memory. Oh.
3: All right, so uh, cue sharing.
4: The, cue the Daft Punk soundbite.
3: With a Daft Punk Grammy-winning album, Random Access Memory.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, th- see, now I'll re- never forget that,
0: thinking of Daft Punk.
1: <laughs> That's what it is. That's why I always need something else to pull my answer
0: from. You need to have an album called CPU, and then you'll remember that one. And yeah. That way. <laughs> Question
3: five. Which element previously used in the production of felt led to the expression mad as a hatter?
4: Mad as a hatter? Production of felt? Correct. I really like this trivia question. Maybe because I know it. Maybe because I learned it in high school and never forgot it. Can you repeat the question? Sure.
3: Which element previously used in the production of felt led to the expression mad as a hatter?
1: One of my weakest subjects is the periodic table that's why at pub trivia i just don't say anything and let jeff answer
0: yeah i looked it up once uh and i got nothing and Uh, i never took chemistry so
3: looking back i'm actually surprised it took me 14 questions to ask a science
1: question (laughs) you knew your audience i'm just trying to think of any element (laughs) okay
0: i don't think it's right but i have some kind of reasoning i can't
1: even i honestly can't even think of an element is iodine an element yes Mm -hmm. okay (laughs)
0: <laughs> no helping.
3: Sorry. Uh, he has 117 others to choose from if I Iden is not correct.
0: It's so. not Tennesseum either. Tennessean? Tennesseum. Tennesseen? Yeah, something like Tennesseen. that. Is that yeah. how you say it? Mm-hmm. Oh.
3: That's element oh 117 God. for all of you who are happy Gee. that it got Mule nominated. is written in. And confirmed recently. On to Matt with the, uh, the answer.
0: So... Um, I was thinking it was an element that used to be used in production that, um, when he said mad as a hatter or something that would make them kind of go crazy. Um, so I said mercury, Oh I, God! so I was thinking mercury poisoning.
3: <laughs> okay. And, uh, Neil, what did you say?
1: I was trying to think of an element that would make people go crazy and I was having such a brain fart. Is aluminum even an element? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know it's wrong, but I just put aluminum for no reason.
3: Okay. Aluminum, fortunately, is not toxic um, because it's probably in your water bottle. And uh, mercury is, in fact, correct.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's the smartest question I've ever gotten, I think. I feel...
3: (laughs) Uh, So it was used in the the dyeing process Mm -hmm. for felt to make hats, and, uh, yeah, it uh, caused severe mental dysfunction.
4: Did Matt just pass me? He did. Um, After the fifth question in the second round, it is 80 to 70. Matt just took the lead
3: uh, Question six While walking through the woods in 1941 George Demestral Was inspired by the burrs that clung to his pants And he invented what product?
4: Gentlemen are deep, deep in, in
1: thought. thought Yeah. Can you spell his name?
3: Sure George, as you'd expect Demestrel D-E space M-E-S-T-R-A-L mm, I have an answer I'm trying
1: to think of what a burr is I think I know Neil's thinking
0: Matt's Got it written in. I have a thing written down. I'm just trying to remember what burrs are. Oh, that would probably be the first step to answering this question. Ah, uh, okay. I'm in. Okay. I'll let you uh, take it away. I just went with Velcro. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, Vel-
0: Velcro. sound. I was trying to think of those little balls, Velcro things that you throw at things, but uh, I couldn't come up with it. So I thought of a lint brush. It was something that would take stuff off his pants. Okay. Uh,
3: with, uh, with burrs, they have hooks on one end, and they are Velcro's oh. inspiration.
4: I can't believe Neil came up with that <laughs> right at the last minute there.
3: All right. Uh, question seven. What is the most popular breed of dog in the United States?
0: This is something I've definitely read. I have an answer.
1: I'm just trying to confirm in my head. My gut is going to say golden retriever but i feel like the statistics i read were saying we saying that it was a lab a labrador retriever or a lab um yeah, oh god if it's golden retriever i'm gonna be pissed but all right
0: i'm just going with lab yeah so i i think we've had this question at trivia before i think we have too That's... and we said something stupid like chihuahua or poodle um and i believe the answer is labrador okay
3: <clears throat> and neil you said labrador retriever as well
1: lab yeah okay that is in fact the labrador okay. retriever Good
0: thing I... Man, I'm,
1: I'm feeling a little good toward the end of this game here. I'm trusting my gut a little bit yeah. more.
0: I think our original reasoning, we went with smaller dogs because we were thinking people who have dogs in apartments are generally going to have smaller dogs, and then we got off Labrador, but it, it's definitely less yeah,
4: I think we said Poodle um, by, at my behest because I think I remember having read something mm-hmm. about it, but... I think I got my uh, stat wrong. Ken is
1: over two. Uh, and yeah, not pop trivia about dogs. Not good with the dog question. The uh,
4: the Irish Wolfhound thing was uh, that, that I, ta- I talked uh, Neil out of an answer about uh, about the largest uh, standing dog, and uh, I, I talked him out of Irish Wolfhound, which turned out to be correct, and he won't let me forget about it. Now <laughs> I was
1: going to make him a t-shirt. So the thing was, I was going to make him a t-shirt they would have to wear the next time we went to trivia if we lost by two points, and we lost by three points. So I didn't, I you know couldn't make the T-shirt, but I just knew that because our neighbor has an Irish Wolfhound that walks around every day, and it's a sight to see. It's a huge dog.
3: All right, on to question eight. Within one, how many letters are in the Russian Cyrillic alphabet?
0: I'm in. I don't know. I if thought it's... Neil was going to start writing the alphabet first. <laughs> <second>. So
3: <laughs> got a little, uh, got a little weird there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Matt was in first. Let's uh, let's turn to Matt.
0: Um, I have no idea. I said. 18. Neil? Uh, I, I
1: just went, I just figured maybe they have a few more letters than, than us, so I just put 29 to give me 30 and 20, uh, 28.
3: So they do have a few more letters, so I'm not... Uh, not as the same as the standard Cyrillic alphabet, but I would have accepted anywhere between 32 and 34 oh. because the answer is 33. E.
1: Well, at least my reasoning was right. Yeah.
3: Question nine of round two. What is the youngest movie on AFI's 2007 revised 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time? And youngest, most recent would also be a, a way to phrase it. What that. was the year? So in 2007, AFI revised their 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time. At that time, uh, there was a very uh, young film on there. What was the film?
0: All right. You know, uh,
3: they're notorious for you know, things like Citizen Kane and, and going back quite a ways. But yeah. one of them was very recent.
0: You mean, let, you mean as
4: of ten years ago?
3: As of ten years ago, yeah.
0: I'm locked in, and I'll let Neil struggle with to his thoughts. To be
3: fair, if you look at AFI's list, it's still relatively recent. Yeah. I mean, on the waterfront wasn't exactly yesterday.
4: They don't they don't change change
1: their movies a lot. Let's so. see, Shawshank would be 94, Titanic would be 97, almost famous if they included that. I'm go one I don't right
4: is almost famous in the uh, AFI wheelhouse. I doubt it. I'm just trying to think of like films that could be. I do like it, but yeah, that doesn't seem like something they put yeah. on the list.
0: When was Borat released? Does anyone know? 2006. <laughs> oh, so
4: it's, it's,
1: it's eligible. What so was that? So 2000, could 2005? Be <laughs> be 2005. Change it. 2005. Do you have the year? You don't have to give it to me. i was just curious if you know the year of the film.
3: Um. So once your answers are locked in, I'll give you the year of the film.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I know that they're going to include. Titanic, So it's got to be post-97, or at least post-94, because Shawshank is one of the best movies of all time. Uh, And they probably included Forrest Gump, for that matter. So we know it's post-94. I'm also guessing it's post-97. I'm thinking it's somewhere between 2000 and 2007. There's only one film that's coming in my head right now, but I I believe I'm thinking of the British list of 100 Greatest Films, uh, which I'm currently rolling through right now which is screwing me up because i just recently read the british list not the afi list i don't like it and i think it's on the british list but i'm i'm in
3: okay matt you're also in yeah all right so i'm going to ruin it a little bit for you here and i'm going to tell you that the year was 2001 all right so matt what was your
0: answer (laughs) so my answer for almost all of these is the departed so i said the departed
3: okay and neil
0: now that you said two thousand one, well, let
3: What was your? What answer did you write? I'm going to give you my incorrect answer. I'm okay. just
1: trying to think in my head. Uh, my incorrect answer was there will be blood, which I know is on the British list. It's a
3: phenomenal movie. Uh,
1: two thousand one. I think that was a little
4: after two thousand seven, though. Yeah, I think it might have been oh nine,
3: maybe oh eight.
4: It came out when I was in college. I graduated two thousand six, but it was later when I was in college for sure.
1: It might have even been two thousand ten, right? Um, so 2001, oh 2007. Look at that. So I'm oh, questioning okay. my film knowledge again. Okay. Negative one okay. points for Ken. <laughs> so Ken,
3: okay. a scorekeeper, is a definitely last place with negative one points.
1: Uh, 2001. For a non-question. Uh, I I don't know. The only one I can think of is Gladiator.
3: So Gladiator was 2000.
1: That's what I figured, yeah.
3: And uh, though the third part of this trilogy won most of the accolades, oh, give me 2001's a break. The Lord of the Rings, no, The Fellowship of the Ring. I have Fellowship to, of I have to agree with, what with a load the assessment. Of crap. <laughs> Although I I forgot that Neil is not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, so I do feel a bit guilty for that question.
0: Well, that's because he's a fool. (laughs) The first one's a good movie. I like it. It's fine. I use it to take naps.
3: Going into the last question of regulation. Uh, This one is uh, pandering a little bit to some of the TV that I love, but uh, in the television show The Office... What founding father historical figure does Jim order instead of a stripper for Phyllis's bachelorette party?
1: I, I didn't watch a lot of... the. I mean, I watched The Office when it was on, but I think like after season three or four, I stopped. I, I can't remember how many there are. I, for some reason, I moved on to other shows. I can't think of which ones they were. But for some reason, one person would be a great stripper, one founding father, so I just... I think I have an answer. I don't know if it's right, but I'm in.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm curious to hear the what Neil... The sexiest founding father. I'm, I'm, yeah. here to, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Neil says on this. So, Neil, what uh, what is your sexy founding father?
1: Uh, I just, for his wisdom and, and the fact that of his inventions, I put Ben Franklin. I all thought right. he'd be a good stripper.
3: Matt, what did you say? Yeah, I'm
0: currently re-watching it again all the way through. Uh, I said Ben Franklin.
3: So, Andrew Daly from the Scholastic Speakers of Pennsylvania portrays Benjamin Franklin. Mm. Well done. It's a great episode Yeah
4: Nicely done guys At the end of uh, the second round We are tied 100 to 100
3: So uh, now I'm going to give you the categories There are five categories Each player can wager no points at all Or up to 30 points per question uh, Using the points that they have accumulated throughout the game And nothing more Here are your categories First one U.S. Presidents Second category Greek Tragedies Number three The Elements question four is from music question five a little bit of philosophy so uh, yeah think about uh, think about those categories for a moment submit your wagers Ken will collect them
1: didn't you w- major in philosophy
3: yes I did okay which is why I know how hard I can make questions so is
1: clarification yeah. Greek tragedies as in the Greek plays
3: yes as in the Greek plays
1: okay not just tragedies of the Greek people
3: no we're not talking about Aristotle Onassis. yeah okay all right I'm in. All right, and as always, we will find out what their wages are after the answers are read. Uh, leave a little bit of mystery here to see who uh, ends up being the cream of the crop. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. All right, without further ado, let me give you your questions. Uh, starting it off with presidents, pretty famous one here. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in what year?
1: Okay, my answer is in. Okay, mm-hmm.
3: and on to Greek tragedies. Which Greek tragedy, written by Sophocles, concerns a man who kills his father and marries his mother?
1: I can't believe you asked this question. It's one of my favorite plays of all time, and I should have... Mm. makes me so angry. (laughs) I wrote a Japanese samurai television uh, four-part miniseries, uh, an adaptation of this play, that I still have. I'm so angry that you asked this question.
3: Sorry that I've angered you.
1: No, it's just because I didn't (laughs) wager. It's because my wager wasn't as good as I should have made it.
0: I feel the same, to be honest. Okay.
3: And uh, on to elements. PB is the chemical symbol for what element?
0: I'm going to come back to that. Yeah, I wrote something down.
3: Okay. In music, this one uh, concerns... uh, A.K.A. Vincent Fernier is better known oh, by what doesn't... stage name?
0: Vincent Fernier. Can you spell that last name?
3: Sure, F-U-R-N-I-E-R.
0: Vincent Fernier.
3: And on to philosophy, which again Neil pointed out that was uh, that was my course of academic study, um, but I, I decided to not go too deep because uh, I don't like having things thrown at me. So, the Communist Manifesto was written by which two authors? Two authors. I thought one would be too easy, and I will take just last names if that's all you have.
2: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. So turn to the nerds to answer your real world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York
0: Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as
1: China. Plus, my pal and noted China
0: historian, Rana Mitter, joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together.
3: Face-off launches April 9th. All right, so going back, the first question of the final, uh, just as a refresher, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in what year? Ken, what were the wagers on this?
4: Uh, Matt had wagered twenty, and Neil uh, passed on this one. Wagered zero.
3: All right, so uh, Matt, you uh, you put your cards on the table. Yeah. What was your answer? Uh, 1867. Okay, and Neil, nothing nothing here for you to gain. But what did you put?
1: I put 1865.
3: All right, so Neil, you should have uh, you should have bet a bit more. 1865 was in fact the correct year. <laughs> I had
0: 1865, and I crossed it off and put 1867, and I don't know why.
3: Okay on to greek tragedies uh what did we have for wagers ken
4: uh matt was taking a pass on this one and put zero and neil also put zero so uh this question of is of no consequence all right
3: uh despite the fact that it's of no consequence uh neil seemed quite upset that i asked and he didn't wager so uh neil why don't we uh why don't we see what you answered
1: i should have bet everything it was oedipus the king
0: i also said oedipus
3: all right yes oedipus the king is correct this is i'll him. take oedipus so, uh, oedipus yeah. Rex. that's fine all right, so uh, scores don't change from that one, but on to elements. PB is the chemical symbol for what element, and what were the wagers?
4: Uh, Matt had 10 on this one, and Neil, again, took a pass.
3: All right, so uh, Matt, what was your answer?
0: I said plutonium.
3: Okay. Neil, did you have a guess on this I one? I put
0: peanut butter. <laughs> uh,
3: PB is the chemical symbol for something starting with... The, uh, so the Latin was the word plubnum. It's where we get plumbing from. The... Uh, Romans used to make their pipes and aqueducts out of this. It's also Aqueduct. why they got no. seriously poisoned. It is lead. 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 Mm-hmm. It's very soft and malleable, so it was easy for them to make pipes and uh, make good seals for the aqueducts. All right. <clears throat> so music.
4: We had uh, 20 for Matt on this one and 10 for Neil.
3: Okay. Vincent Fernier is better known by what stage name, Matt?
0: I said Bruno Mars.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I didn't know, uh, I was just trying to think of people who didn't have a normal name, and it wasn't ringing a bell, I know some people's real names, so I just put Iggy Pop.
3: So, uh, I feel like I'm not being a nice guy any longer, uh, that would be Alice Cooper. Yeah. Hmm. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Yikes. A lot, a lot of other great songs too, but. Yeah, so We're Al-
4: taking a, taking some serious hits in this, in this <laughs> last round. I, I didn't intend it that Neil, way. Neil, Neil was wise by, uh. By throwing in the towel. Yeah,
0: it seems to be that I way. Just, I should have really bet a lot on it. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Let me all tell right. you, it does not matter. This
3: is unfortunate because I thought all of these were super easy. <laughs> all right, so uh, philosophy, what were the wagers?
4: Uh, Matt had 10, and Neil, again, bet zero. All
0: right, so Matt, are we adding to the pain here? <laughs> yep. Who did you put? So Karl Marx yep. and his brother John Marx. Who, I, just, <laughs> I don't know the other one. And Neil? Uh, I put Marks and Lennon. It was Marx
3: and Ingalls. Karl mm. Marx and Friedrich Engels.
4: In this case, fortune does not favor the bold. <laughs> as uh, Matt um, bet significant pointage on the final round and ended up with 40 points. Neil only bet once and ended up with 90 points. <laughs> so Neil is the cream of the crop this week.
1: I am the cream.
4: Yeah. Congrats, Neil.
1: Great game, Jeff. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad to actually be one and one which makes me feel a little bit better.
3: And it's one on one, and I stayed away from your favorite uh, topic of movies, so you should feel good about that. And you got the one wrong. And I did. <laughs> yeah, you picked the yeah the one.
4: There's yeah. there's the John Carter question too. That was a That's movies true. question yeah. as well. So,
3: all right, congratulations, Neil. Game well played. Uh, thanks again, Ken, for setting this one out and being our scorekeeper. My pleasure. Uh, so and uh, and thanks to Matt. I know it didn't quite go the way you wanted it to today, but we appreciate you being here. Uh, if you'd like to play along with us, uh, make sure to check out our Facebook page. Download our official Triviality Score Sheet uh, so you can keep a good track at home. Ken, how can people get in touch with us?
4: Uh, you can find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us by email, make sure to send uh, messages to TrivialityPodcasts at gmail.com. And for Question 5 submissions, just be sure to put that in the subject line, and we'd love to hear from you guys.
3: All right, of course, other than uh, spreading the word, best way you can support the show is Uh, Please rate, review, and subscribe uh, to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Until the next game, on behalf of Ken, Neil, Matt, and myself, again, uh, my name is Jeff, and that was Triviality.
1: You know I invented electricity.
0: I know. Well, I'm sensing a little electricity right here. Didn't Ben Franklin have syphilis? Yes, but
4: I don't.